Hey guys, so today we've got an intro episode for you. It's a mini episode or whatever you'd like to call it. It's an experiment and uh, we're going to try some of these and see if you enjoy them. We're going to be answering specific questions that you've sent in. So if any of you have got specific questions, get on board, get your questions answered, especially if you like today's answer. I'm Angel Donovan and this is the Dating Skills Podcast. This is a 14-year ongoing mission to discover the truth about what works in dating, sex, and relationships, to become a better man. Join me as I leave no stone unturned, chase down every expert, role model, and mentor with insights to get us to that goal as fast as possible. This show is about bringing you the best of that information so that you can take it in and change your life for the better, step by step, episode by episode. Today's question is from Richard, who's 37 years old. His question is a little bit long, but I want to give you the full context, so here it is. I'm a pretty intellectual guy, and it typically takes me a while to figure out whether I like a girl or not. If you took me to a bar or social event, it would take me quite a bit of looking around to find the 5% of or so of girls that I find attractive. I can't really relate to the guys who feel instant attraction to any cute girl they see, I've always been like this, observing girls for a while, slowly developing attraction and having almost no interest in 90% of women. Do you have any tips for developing a greater awareness of your own feelings of sexual attraction and in acting on feelings that are perhaps subtle and incomplete at first? This would help me and the minority of guys who share this tendency. Another related question is this. As I try to pursue my incomplete attraction, I find that I often lose interest in a girl just as we're starting to get to know each other. I just get totally bored and want out. So instead of getting rejected by girls, I'm usually doing the rejecting myself and girls are left a bit confused. No dating advice seems to address this issue. It almost always assumes that A, I'm the guy has absolute and unwavering interest in a girl from start to finish, and or B, it's always the girl doing the rejecting. I suspect the answer to these questions is that I need to further develop my awareness of my basic sexual attraction to women and also adapt a dating advice to my own personality. However, I'd like to hear your thoughts on the subject. Thank you for the question, Richard. Uh, it's a great question. And we have had similar kind of questions in the past. So there are a minority, it's probably a minority, but there are a bunch of guys who have very similar questions. And there are kind of two points to this. So. The first part is, well, Jackson's here with us today as well. <laughs> I didn't tell you guys, so he's listening quietly in the background. Hey, Jackson. Hey, Angel. Hey, guys. <laughs> All right, man. We've actually been talking before, so he's like, well, I just dived into this. But he's here and he's going to be helping answer these questions, of course. And Jackson sometimes has a different perspective to me, which is all good. So hopefully we'll give you a bit of a mix of perspectives on this. Uh, have you got anything to say on these question and answer sessions, like these mini episodes, Jackson? No, I'm really looking forward to it. It's great to, great to hear the questions from our readers. So keep sending them in, guys. Yep. It's a lot of fun to answer these. So I'll kick off the answer to this. The first point is look at your libido, all right, your testosterone levels. I would put this as like 80% chance this is, is what's going on. And you could have had lower libido, lower testosterone than most guys throughout your whole life. And as you're 37, it can get slightly worse. As we age, we lose testosterone. This is extremely, extremely common today. To give you an idea, in our academy, the Dating Skills Academy, about 80% of guys, we ask them to get tested because we think it's a specific issue related to their inner game and confidence and so on, and just being masculine and sexual in general. 
every single one has come back low, right, Jackson? I don't think there's anyone who's come back over maybe 400. Or have you seen anyone come back higher than that? Yeah, there was a guy who came back about 500, but he actually works in a health club. So he's doing a lot of exercise already. Right. And he probably had the highest level. So everyone else was under that. So it is a big issue for these guys. Yeah, yeah. And so to give you context to that, what you should be like, we're talking about total testosterone right there. So when you measure, it'll be like a total testosterone would be a good level would be 800 or 1000. I think 1000 is a really good standard to have. Have you got any perspective on that, Jackson? Yeah, I think uh, up to about like 1200 is sort of up around the max. And then there's levels you can look at depending on, on what your age is. I think for, for our age, you know, we're in our 30s, around about 600 is sort of like the bottom of where you want to be. Yeah. So 800 is probably optimal. And then up towards 1000 is like ideal. That's definitely where you want to aim to get towards. Yeah. So this is definitely, Richard, the first thing you want to do. You want to go and get yourself tested for total testosterone and free testosterone, to be sure. And then you can just kind of eliminate this because it's pretty amazing what it can do to your health as well, but also just how you feel every day, your drive, your motivation, right? And so we're taught libido is tied to motivation. It would also improve your sex life with any women that you do get with in relationships and so on. So it's pretty important. What I tend to do personally, and Jackson can tell us what he does, is like I tend to get tested every six months just to make sure I'm in the ballpark. I pretty much know what to do now. I can tweak it. But sometimes I get distracted by life or like I get more stress and all other stuff in my life and maybe it will drop a little bit lower. But I tend to bounce around between 800 and say 1,050, somewhere around there. And I try to keep it closer to 1,000 than 800. So Jackson, do you have a different approach to it? No, I do the same. I had mine tested a few months ago and it was around about 800. So even though I hadn't been doing as much working out and, and lifting weights as I had been, so that'll be responsible for part of the drop off. But I think, yeah, every six months is probably a good ballpark uh, figure to aim for. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so how do you get yourself tested? And like I said, if you want to do this budget wise, you can just go for total testosterone and that'll give you a ballpark figure. Sometimes free testosterone can be pretty important because different biological processes going on in your body can mean that you may have okay total testosterone, but your free testosterone is too low. And the free testosterone is the important stuff because that's what's bioavailable and creates the signals in your body that things are important. So the first thing you need to know when you get into testing is that there are two types of tests on the market and the one you want is called LCMS methodology, just because it's more accurate. And if you're gonna do this, you might as well do it properly so you get the right, you don't wanna get a false, the worst thing that you can get is a false answer, which basically says you're okay when you're not. So you, you don't really wanna do that. Wait, so this is liquid chromatography mass spectrometry. And you can get a total testosterone plus free testosterone test bundle for about $120 if you go direct through one of the labs. You can go for direct in the US, for example. Maybe get it covered by insurance. If you go for a doctor, you can do that sometimes. If you just want to get total testosterone, you can get this for about $60 to $65. You don't have to do every six months, but you definitely should get this uh, spot checked if you've got similar questions to Richard or you're just not motivated and confident in general. We'll put in the show notes some relative labs with these kinds of prices because there are some that charge more and so on. But there are some pretty good ones that I've used in the past. So in terms of total testosterone, just to make you get this clear, the total testosterone is going to be measured in nanograms per deciliter. So the 800, 1000, 1200 parameters we're talking were nanograms per deciliter. Sometimes in other countries, you'll get other measures. So you have to translate back if that's the case. 
Okay, or maybe you'll go, if you go to a specific lab, they might give you something different, but it's normally those. So just make sure you're testing in nanograms per deciliter NG slash DL. The other thing to understand is there's some testosterone which is bound to SHBG, sex hormone binding globulin. So this is the stuff that is really tightly bound and won't be bioavailable. So when you're doing the free testosterone, they're going to take that out. Different tests show you different things. So I'm explaining this in case they tell you some of these things in the result. And then the other one, there's also testosterone bound to albumin, which is weakly bound, and they can often be converted to free testosterone and be made bioavailable. So they tend to put that in the free testosterone count. So basically you have everything except that which is bound by sex hormone binding globulin, which is the stuff you really can't get at and use. The measure for free testosterone is measured in picograms per milliliter, so it's a bit different. And in that area, you should be aiming for like 14 picograms per milliliter, somewhere around there, at least 12, which is the average for young males, like 20, 30, 35 year olds. You don't want to be looking at the lab reference ranges because they're pretty off, because basically the whole population has low testosterone these days of men, right? Just because of the modern lifestyles and everything like that. So you'll often find, I mean, like they're looking at averages of 400, something around there, which is definitely, definitely too low, right? So that's not where you want to be. So we discussed a lot of testosterone in one of the past episodes, which was with Christopher Walker, and that was in episode 52. So if you want to learn more about testosterone and how to build it and all of that kind of stuff, you can go back and check out that podcast episode. Jackson, anything else to add on the kind of testosterone libido issue? No, not really. That podcast you did with Christopher Walker, I think, was one of the, the better ones we've done. So I'd encourage guys to go and check it out, and we'll go into a lot more depth there and pretty much answer all of your questions. So go check that one out, definitely. Yeah. And Christopher's got a very unique background because of biological difficulties he had to overcome for having a tumor in his brain. So you can imagine anyway, which like is parts of your brain are responsible for programming your body to create testosterone. So he's had to like do it in a very difficult conditions, which I think is a great point for someone to come and give advice because they've had to do it in a much harder condition that you're going to be coming out of that problem. So it's an interesting interview. The number two point I wanted to discuss is that it's actually okay to only be attracted to 90% of women. All right, that's fine. I would definitely say that I'm only attracted to like 10% or 5% or less these days. All right, so I don't know about Jackson. How do you feel about this? Is it okay to not be attracted to 90% of women? I think it depends on where you live. So Richard didn't tell us uh, whereabouts he is. I imagine if I was in certain cities in the United States, I might only feel attracted to 5% of the women. I happen to live in a city at the moment where I would say probably... 50% of the women I see, I find very attractive. It just happens to be a a city where there's a lot of very fit, healthy, body conscious women. So I can't really relate to that, only being attracted to 5% of women. But I've definitely seen some places and women from certain cities, I think, yeah, if I lived there, I'd probably struggle to meet women that I found attractive. So it depends on where you are as well, I think. Absolutely. There's some places I've visited, which I basically struck off because I decided not to date anymore. And maybe that's just because the, the women, the types of women don't fit me also. And there's a variety of reasons. I've lived in third world countries where maybe there's, we're going to talk about this in a second. There's other reasons like intellectual fit and so on, which can be relevant. Anyway, what I want to say on this point also, in addition to what Jackson said, is that you should make sure that you own it. And what I mean by that is that you need to own your sexual expression. And I'm a bit concerned about a lot of guys get uh, watching, getting bombarded by media impressions of what girls should be, uh, what they should look like, when we all know that it's all Photoshop work, right? So they've all basically created these false identities of women and what they look like and so on. 
and you're getting these false expectations of what you should be attracted to. And it's all very subtle, but this is going on every day, potentially. So you might be getting these programmed by media and society for what you should like. So what I mean by make sure you own it is like get in touch with yourself, figure out and don't be inhibited about what you enjoy and like to be attracted to with women. Don't feel any social pressure about what you like and you're attracted to in women because we're talking about your satisfaction here. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. At the end of the day, this is going to be down to you to be satisfied with this. So you have to own what you're attracted to and what you're not and explore it. Okay. So in one of the episodes, we spoke to Reed Mihalko. And this is also all about owning your sexual expression and your sexuality and learning about what works for you. Right. So that was episode 58. You should definitely check that out to learn more about that. But it's really important because I think a lot of guys today just kind of go with the flow and go with what everyone else tells them they should be attracted to. And they don't explore it for themselves. And I can tell you, I had a lot of inhibitions way back in uh, like the year 2000. When Actually, when Jackson and I were first hanging out in the early 2000s, who was I mostly interested in those days, man? Uh, I think you were only interested in, in Asian girls back in those days, right? <laughs> I don't think I ever saw you talk to a white girl. Right. So I went through this little period where um, basically what happened was I started traveling and I came back to London and then that's where I met Jackson. At that point in my life, I had my first, I met an Asian girl. And at first I wasn't used to Asian girls. I wasn't attracted to them. But then I had this, I met this very, very attractive Japanese girl, dated her for a while. And it was a great relationship. And then after that, like for a while, I was not interested in anything except Asian women. And that was a part of my exploration. That's like not, not where I am today, but it was a part of my exploration of my sexual interests and so on. Now I'm more balanced, but I think you do kind of go through phases and areas where it's uncomfortable, right? Like, so when I first approached that Japanese girl, I wasn't that interested in Asian girls, but she was a, a bit more like attractive than most. And that's how I got to learn a lot more about Asian women and took up more, more of an interest and understood like how attractive Asian women can be in general. Another bit to this is like just satisfaction is what I'd call the hundred year question. This is something I learned from business school. I went to one of the top business schools in the world. And this is one, probably one of the most valuable parts of the program. The first day when we went in there, they told us to write an essay on what we wanted at the end of our program. So we're in a, one of the top business schools in the world. And we've obviously all gone there from management consulting, investment banking, and all these kind of jobs. And so you can imagine we all went at the top job in X company, X, Y, Z. And, you know, it was all pretty bland in terms of what we wanted at the end of our course. And we all wrote these essays and it's fair enough. Next couple of days later, the guy's like, okay, now we're going to write 15 years out. Where are you going to be in your life? It's the perfect situation, everything. So we brought those essays back. Then the last essay was the most interesting one. This was where he said, okay, this is the essay that's written by someone else when you've died. Say your best friend. So eulogy or whatever it is. And they're going to talk about what it was that was great about your life, right? And then from that perspective. So we found that we wrote completely different essays when we wrote from that perspective. I call it the 100-year question because I want to live to 100. So if you think that you're 100 years old and you're looking back on your life and maybe you haven't got much longer to go, what would you like your life to be like? And that puts everything in perspective. That tells you what's really important to you. And when it comes to your sexual life, your dating life, your lifestyle, right? This is a really important part of our satisfaction. So you should go through this exercise as well and think back over your life consider what kinds of relationship you'd want. What would you regret not having explored? Because we're talking about a bit of exploration here in terms of like Asian women or whatever different types of women you're not comfortable with because you didn't grow up around them or whatever reason. I think everyone should get out there and explore a bit more. And then you can understand yourself better what you like or you don't like. But if you've always dated the same type of girl, 
then you're probably not going to be interested in a lot of girls just due to comfort reasons. Okay, you're basically restricting yourself because of your comfort zone. So that's what I'd call the end goal. Have you got anything to say more on this part, Jackson? Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's something that most guys don't do. Um, I'd say probably most guys that I know, they have a, a type in mind of the type of women that they want to go out with and what they think they're attracted to. And I think it pays dividends to really be open-minded and adventurous in meeting different types of women and just exploring your own sexuality and, and finding out what you really like. One thing that I remember is when we used to do boot camps back in London, we would often have guys come along on the boot camp and I'd ask them, you know, what type of women are you attracted to? What type of women are you, are you hoping to meet? And they would give me a very specific idea. They would say, oh, I want to meet like a, uh, a tall brunette woman, maybe like Italian with, you know, long black hair. And I would push them to approach different types of women. And I would say, hey, what about that woman over there? And say, oh, I don't want to talk to her. She, she's only like a five. And this is, you know, for guys who rate women out of 10, which we don't really subscribe to that theory. But they would say, you know, maybe she's like a five out of 10 attractiveness for me. I said, we'll just go talk to her anyway and just go find out what she's like. And once I actually went over and talked to her and spent a bit of time interacting with her, getting to know her, often they might be talking to her for an hour. They come away with her phone number and I'd say, oh, how, how did it go? And they're like, oh, yeah, it went really well. And I said, oh, so she, she was like a five out of 10. They're like, oh, no, no, she was like an eight out of 10. And once I actually got to know her and gives themselves the chance to get attracted to her and notice different things about her, they would rationalize afterwards that there's all these different things about her that they found attractive. But just looking at her from like a superficial point of view and um, without getting to know her, they would make all these judgments about her. And this is something a lot of guys do. And you miss out on so many opportunities by doing this. Now, obviously, there's going to be some women that you're never going to be attracted to. And I'm not saying the woman that you find uh, hideous looking, that you should go and talk to her because maybe you will find her attractive. But maybe you have an idea in your mind that you only want women with big breasts and that that's all you're attracted to. But there might be other girls who you could find physically attractive if you just give yourself the chance to go and talk to them and get to know them. And for me, like I've been traveling a lot as Angel has. And one of the things we do is we meet women from a lot of different countries and different accents and different cultures and different backgrounds and lifestyles. And it's actually really fun and interesting to, to get to know some of these women and just kind of experience what they are because they're very different from the women you would meet in your own country. And when you start doing this, you find that different things about women that you'll be attracted to that you wouldn't have noticed beforehand. And, and this is where I think attraction goes beyond the superficial level. There might be something about a woman that you think, oh, I love the way that the woman did this. And it's not something that you would have ever really noticed until you experienced it. And there's too many guys, they just they don't take chances. They don't put themselves in the new positions and, and go out and meet new people. And they just rely on what they think they like. Maybe it's from past experiences, like a girlfriend they've had in the past or very common. It's from watching porn. I think a lot of guys watching too much porn online. And this affects the type of women that they think that they're attracted to, which very unlikely they're going to meet that in real life. I think we've got a, a podcast on porn as well, so we can put that up in the in the show notes. So if you find that you've got a problem with watching too much porn online, go check out this podcast that Angel did where it talks about one of the problems with porn addiction and how it can affect your sex life. I think that's something that's worth checking out as well. But just the overall thing, I think, is just like your, your outlook on life is you want to like take chances in everything you do and open yourself up to new possibilities. And that includes meeting different types of women, talking to different types of women and really finding out 
what you like. So um, I think if you start doing that, you'll be surprised at the types of women you might find yourselves becoming attracted to. Angel? Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, just a reference of that podcast Jackson just brought up, it was episode 40 with Gary Wilson, and we talk about all the problems related to porn and our overabuse of it. The guy's academics are a pretty interesting episode there. So one of the things Jackson was talking about, like basically being open and approaching people and taking in a curiosity in them, there was another guy who brought that up and termed it in a really great way. It was way back in episode four, which was Rob Judge, and he just said, find out, because a lot of guys have this excuse, they're like, she doesn't look attractive, she doesn't look interesting. And Rob Judge is like, well, find out, go find out, go find out the truth of who she is. And you'll often see, as Jackson pointed out, that like she's much more interesting, she's got all these things to her life that you didn't think of when you were just seeing her in the club or whatever. So you have to be curious about this and kind of explore and get out of your comfort zone, but be overall, like just really be curious in your mindset and open-minded. And you'll find that you're taking interest in a lot more women that way, I think. So that's something you have to be careful of. Curiosity, healthy, open mindset, and also kind of going, exploring novelty a bit, right? Both uh, Jackson and I have explored lots of different places, say traveling and so on, but also different lifestyles. So you've seen in the last episode, uh, episode 80, Recently, I explored orgasmic meditation, which basically involves going and hanging out with different women and doing orgasmic meditation. So it's kind of like swinging in some respects in terms of what you're doing because you're like with lots of different women. And I was actually doing orgasmic meditation with women. I wouldn't have called the kind of caricature person I was attracted to, but all of those experiences were interesting in terms of doing that. Um, it's not that I know that's not for everyone, but I'm just saying that it opens your mind up to places and that might be something worth looking at as well if you want to kind of expand your understanding in that area. Okay, going back. So I wanted to do a bit of a how to own it. You know, I said like own your sexuality, develop your self-awareness in this point of view. And I just want to give you a few tips on that, right? So first of all, is just you have to get a fair amount of sexual and relationship experience. So I don't know how much experience you have, Richard, but say you've had like uh, three girlfriends and slept with five women in your life. I'm not saying at all that's, that's the situation, but that's not a lot of experience. And so that doesn't give you a lot to understand yourself from. So you have to be mindful of that. And some relationships, they can be really deep in terms of sexuality and everything. And you can really learn a lot. So it really depends on the, you could have like two relationships in your life, but they could be extremely deep and you could have explored your, both of your sexualities and your intimacy and everything. So you could really, really understand a lot about yourself, but it's unusual for most people to have really deep relationships with a variety of experiences. So that's like something that I think is really important for understanding your self-awareness. So be aware if you haven't had a lot of experience yet, it's something you should probably expand if you want to understand your own sexuality. Do you have anything to say on that point, Jackson? I think it's important in one aspect in that guys who are very intellectual, such as Richard, when they don't have a lot of sexual experience, when they do have sex, it tends to cause a bit of anxiety and it causes them to be in their head a lot throughout the experience. And I think that until you have a lot of experience and it just becomes more commonplace where you have sex with different girls, it's not until you get to that stage where you can kind of get out of your own head and just be in the moment more and just enjoy the experience for what it is without thinking about it too much. I know that this is a big issue for a lot of guys. I think when I first got into this many, many years ago, this was something I even dealt with myself. You've got like your mind is just chattering away and you're coming up with different things that you're worrying about and it can cause a bit of stress and anxiety. And sometimes guys can even avoid sexual situations because they don't want to deal with that cause of stress, the cause of anxiety, the same way that guys who suffer from approach anxiety will often avoid approaching women so they don't have to confront the issue. 
guys who have a bit of sexual anxiety and who end up in their own head too much, they can avoid sexual situations because they don't want to have to deal with it. So they just um, they just sort of run away from the situation. So I think it's really important to just build up your sexual experience to the point where it just becomes such a commonplace event that you can be a lot more in your body. You can be noticing your feelings, what you're feeling in your body, like noticing what the woman is feeling in her body. And you're just really connected to the woman and enjoying the experience, which is how sex should be. You shouldn't be thinking logically when you're in it. But guys who are very intellectual, this is almost always what they do. And I think the only key for it really is just to build up your sexual experience. And I get the feeling that this is probably something that Richard deals with just from the way he's written his letter. It sounds like he probably is having a lot of anxiety when he's having sex with women. He will be thinking about it too much. I would say one of the best things that guys can do if they don't have the experience is find a girl that they're at least reasonably attracted to and just try and make her a regular sex partner. Like really try and try and sleep with the same woman at, at least like once a week or once a fortnight at the bare minimum and just really find out what you like sexually and what women like sexually and, and focus on communicating, enjoying the experience, like having fun and just getting out of your head and into your body and just noticing your emotions and, and your feelings and everything that you're experiencing in that moment. And I think when you do that, it'll help with a lot of the other issues that you're dealing with as well. Yep, absolutely. And I think for some guys, if you haven't had a relationship, you've never had kind of that safe environment. Because if you're always casually hooking up with girls, it's a little bit superficial. Then the relationship's never necessarily developed. And I'm not saying that's always the case because you can have a casual kind of thing, which is actually pretty intimate and great. But I think for the kind of standard is that it's not. It's a bit more superficial for most people. And so it's, it's probably good if you've had at least one experience where you're in a relationship for a while, it's a safe environment to develop your sexuality and learn and become really intimate and share yourself with a girl and connect on that level. If you haven't had that kind of experience um, before, that might be something that's been kind of lacking in terms of your experience. Another thing I was thinking of, one's been very useful for me, is meditation, mindfulness, just for getting more awareness of yourself in general. Like Jackson was talking about feelings, how you feel, how she feels. Mindfulness allows you to be a bit more, basically understand what's going on and, and notice more things about what's going on with your body and outside with other people and so on. So that can be really helpful. Another thing which may, which I've done, but may not be great for everyone, but I, I think a lot of people find this pretty helpful is uh, using psychedelics. So uh, magic mushrooms, psilocybin, I had personally had some great experiences with that kind of like I felt opened me up and made me more connected with my sexuality and other aspects of me. A lot of people do ayahuasca these days. It's really big in LA where I just was, you know, a lot of people have been doing, uh, doing that. And uh, there's even podcasts on this. There's one, there's a podcast called Reset Me, where she talks a lot about um, the experiences of ayahuasca. And um, that's another road you can go if you feel like that's a way you want to develop yourself. It's a tool, basically. There's lots of tools to learning how to own your own sexuality. And then the biggest thing is just to live more. Get out there, engage with life freely, openly. This is your one chance at it. So go out there and explore life. And the more you challenge yourself, the more you push yourself out of your comfort zone, the more you'll understand yourself because it's the way you respond to the world, the way you respond to challenges. That teaches you a lot about yourself as well on all sorts of levels. And these things kind of tie up at the end of the day and work down to the bottom level. Okay, well, next topic is how valuable is sex to you? This connects back to your testosterone and libido, right? If you've got low testosterone, low libido, you'll actually find that you value sex less because you're not as driven biologically to have sex. 
some men who have a lot of experience, a lot of guys I speak to have a lot of experience, they would kind of downgrade how much we value sex these days because we've had a lot of it. And we're not as willing to put up a lot of effort as like maybe you're not in our 20s, in early 30s. I used to go out clubbing a lot with Jackson 15 years back. We were sometimes going out clubbing every single night, having fun, having lots of sex and that stuff. And I'm just not interested in that kind of lifestyle anymore. And I think there's many different aspects to that. But that's going to be part of your motivation and and interest in women is going to be how valuable you see sex as right now. So if you understand that, you kind of understand the context for it as well. What does sex mean to you also? Now, this is like a a bit of a negative point. Does it relate to your ego, right? One of the reasons I say it's okay not to be attracted to 90% of women is because for a lot of guys, I feel like their ego is wrapped up in them having to have sex, having to hook up rather than actually being generally interested in the girl. And I don't think that's really healthy long term. So if you're feeling like you feel judged because your score is too low, how many women you slept with, or you feel like you're judging your own value based on how many women you slept with, that's not what I call a good motivation for going out and meeting women and, and being attracted to them. So sometimes when you compare yourself to other guys, it's because they value sex more, whether it's for biological reasons or because of their, their life experience or because they've got the kind of got their ego tied up in it as well. So, you know, there's that aspect to it, which is a bit different. I think over time, as you get more experience, you get a lot more picky and it becomes a lot more on a deeper level, which could be an intellectual level or something else, which it was kind of pointing to. So that's a different context. Like if you have had a lot of experience and you really know what you want, then I think that's when you start pulling back and maybe you're only interested in the 5% of women because you know what's going to click with you and, and, you know, create a really great experience and satisfaction for you. Yeah, definitely. I think that like you're talking about, when you are in your 20s, I think the motivation for sex can be very different from when you get into your 30s and beyond. A lot of guys who do go out to bars and clubs, I think their main motivation for sex is often impressing their mates, impressing their friends and being able to brag about the girl that they that they hooked up with or took home or whatever. That's not like a, a healthy thing long term. You know, I think like if you are young, you tend to be a bit more immature and you do some of these things and probably everybody goes through these this stage at some point. I don't think it's like a, a bad thing to go through that, but it's like a learning experience and you sort of come out the other end and you see sex as just sex. It's not, it's not like a big deal when you get to the stage where you have the skills where you can meet and attract women, you know that you can go out and you can kind of have sex when you want it. So it's not like a a massive thing in your life. But when you also are doing some of the things we're talking about, like you have your testosterone is optimized when you're not addicted to porn and watching that a few times a week, when you're eating really well and lifting weights and getting plenty of sleep and having a healthy lifestyle, you should have a healthy sex drive in your 30s. So if, if you don't feel that kind of sex drive at all, then you definitely want to get the testosterone checked out. But I think when you feel that sex drive, like for me, I still feel like I have a very strong sex drive. So that's my motivation to go out and find attractive women that I like, that I want to have sex with. So if you don't feel that at all, then you kind of you know need to look at some of these things that we're talking about. And one one of the things that I would say is, what what is it about sex that really turns you on? What is it about women that really turns you on? Because it sounds like you're sort of stuck in your head where you want to connect with women intellectually, which is great. I mean, I really enjoy connecting with women intellectually and going out, 
having dates with them where we will go out, have a few drinks or coffee or whatever, and we'll talk for a few hours about all, all different things about life and our experiences. And that can be like a really amazing time. And then at the same time, I can also really appreciate and enjoy women who have a very strong feminine energy who I'm very attracted to sexually, but I don't necessarily have that intellectual connection with. And they're women that I'm not going to have a long-term relationship with. And they're not someone that I might have in my life long-term. But if it was just for like a a short fling, like a a holiday romance or a one-night stand, if that kind of thing happens and comes up, then there's no reason to deny that just because there's nothing there long-term and there's no intellectual connection. I think as men, we have to accept there's certain things about women that we're really turned on by and we're attracted to, different parts of their body, different things that they do, the way that they move, the way they look at you, the way that they're dressed, all these things that can be very specific to you. And the fact that you're talking to some of these women, I assume that you have some attraction to them when you're first talking to them. But it sounds like as you talk to them, meeting your standards intellectually, so that's kind of killing your attraction. One thing you can do about that, if it's a problem, because I think you're not going to find a lot of women who probably are going to be as intellectual as you on the same level as you. So if you want to have more options, if you want to have more dates, more sex, you're going to have to look for different things that you can be attracted to in women. And maybe you can say to yourself, okay, this this woman isn't going to be uh, a good long-term option for me. This is something that you haven't said in your letter. If you're looking for a girlfriend specifically, or if you're just looking for a girl that you can have a one-night stand with or just have like a casual relationship with. I know that guys who may be in a similar situation to you, one thing that they will do is that they will have women who they feel satisfied by intellectually who are maybe just friends with them. And they'll go out with these women once a week, twice a week, go out to dinner, go out for drinks and just hang out with them as friends. And that sort of satisfies their intellectual needs. But then they'll maybe have other women who satisfy their sexual needs and they're attractive, more more feminine, whatever it is about them that the guy is attracted to. So they're kind of compromising in that way and saying, okay, it's, it's going to be very difficult to find a woman who has everything. And that doesn't mean that you should settle for less than what you look for and that you shouldn't look for a woman who has everything. But in the meantime, I think it doesn't hurt to focus on looking for different aspects of women that you can be attracted by. And that might mean saying for the next couple of months as an experiment, lower your standards just a little bit for like how intelligent a woman has to be for you to be attracted to her. Maybe go out with the mindset, say, okay, like not every woman is going to be on my same on the same level as me intellectually, but that's okay. I'm going to accept that and I'm going to just focus on finding other things about this woman, discovering certain certain things about her, her personality that I can be attracted to and maybe give the chance for that sexual attraction to develop. If you're only talking to these women in the same night, it sounds like you're only talking to them for maybe less than an hour or so. I think you're not giving yourself a long time to really find things about them that you can really appreciate and and become attracted to them for. It sounds almost like you're looking for things to disqualify them on so that if they maybe say something that you don't agree with or they say something that shows they're not up to the same level as you, that you're like, okay, that's it. I'm crossing her off the list. Like she's, she's not good enough. 
And I just wonder if this is going to become a, a habit and a pattern where no woman is ever good enough for you. And you're kind of looking for excuses to avoid taking action and putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. And for guys who don't have a great deal of experience, this is something that they will often do. So I would encourage you as just sort of like an experiment, just for like a month or a couple of months, lower your standards a little bit and just spend a little bit more time uh, getting to know the woman and just focusing on learning about her and, and being curious about her, like what Angel was talking about before. And just find out different things about like really take some time to think what what is it about women that can turn you on that can satisfy you sexually that doesn't have anything to do with her intelligence anything to do with her with her mind you know it could be her body her personality her energy all these different things so that's just something that i think is worth um worth putting some time into as well angel Absolutely. Absolutely. Energy is a huge thing, I would say, beyond intellectual. I think what's happened in society is we're really trained these days to focus on intellectual, the IQ, intellectual endeavors. If you think about the whole education system, the fact that we're always in front of screens and reading the Internet and all of this, and we're really trained to consume and use information all the time, but it's not all of life. So a guy whose work we recommend is David Theater. And, you know, some of his courses and books and stuff, like Where the Superior Man, he talks a lot about the energy, for instance, female and masculine energy. And that's this is a really, really a big thing. I can tell you, like, it's pretty profound when you meet someone of a very opposite energy to you. So a girl who's a lot more playful, a lot more feminine energy, not necessarily intellectual at, at all, could be completely different for you. But you'll find yourself attracted on, on a different level if you allow that to happen. So that's something I also wanted to bring up is study this as well, of course study sexuality, study relationships. A lot of guys don't do that. They're all focused on meeting women, attracting women. And then particularly in your case, if you feel like you're not interested in enough women, then study sexuality, learn more about it, you know, learn about the different dimensions of it. And of course, check out some of the podcasts we've spoken about this kind of stuff. So another one was episode 75 with Glenn Geher, who's a PhD academic in this area. Um, Episode 67, we actually talked about the intelligence and how it's attractive and where it's not so relevant and so on. Um, So that's directly relevant to this. And also Jeffrey Miller, who's, you know, of course, the author of The Mating Mind. I forget which episode that was. No, but you can uh, just go to datingskillsreview.com. And in the search box, you select the podcast and you can put Jeffrey Miller in there or Miller. And it will pop up with the search results with his podcast if you're lazy, uh, like most people. So the other thing I just wanted to uh, say also is like you could if you're in an IT job or a job where you're looking at screens all the time, um, I think it, it, it's also a bit of a habit to kind of focus on information and be less social and be less aware of the social dimensions, the, the personalities, the energies and the other bits uh, to relationships. I also think you have to think about the context of relationships as well. I, I was just dating a Brazilian girl when I was in um, L.A., completely different to me, not intellectual, I like driven at all. But amazing, feminine, playful energy. She was so she was always be playing and also chatty and and you know, um, completely different to me. Especially after, if for instance, I've been working for a full day, the last thing I want to do is have an intellectual conversation. I want to chill. I want to have some fun. I want to like kind of flip onto the other side of my personality and enjoy myself and so on. So you know, it can really fit your lifestyle at different points of life. Like Jackson was saying, sometimes if it's either for casual relationships or maybe it's a better fit for a better balance to your life to maybe not be so focused on the intellectual aspects of that. Obviously, we're not saying intelligence is not attractive. It is, you know, like we covered that in episode 75, like I said, Um, but it's not the only trait. It is a valuable trait. It's not the only trait. And you have to kind of like see how that fits into your life in general. 
maybe for a long-term relationship, that's something that's going to be very important. Obviously, where it's more of a life partner on many levels, not just the sexual relationship, the dating kind of aspect. But that's that's where that is. Have you got anything else to add on that area, Jackson? Uh, no, I think we've covered it all. Great. I think the one last thing was like, where do you live? Where do you spend your time? We kind of touched on this, but you really have to put yourself in the right place and, and the right path. And it may mean that you should go up and, and should go and live in a different place if you really feel like you're interested in certain types of women, but you're not meeting them enough. It could be simply that you're in the wrong place, right? And it might take a hard decision, like moving city or something like that. I mean, this is a strategy. If you think about your 100-year question, you look back on the types of women you wanted to date. And if you're in a small town, and most of the women you're interested in are in a specific town, or maybe they're in a big multicultural town, like New York, London, Los Angeles, Shanghai, or you know many other places where there's lots of variety of different people, and, and so there's like more niche interests and so on. Like, and if you think you can connect with someone, maybe it's worth uplifting your life and going there. If you look at that hundred year question, look back on your life, like where where should I have gone if I wanted to maximize my chances to have great relationships uh, and so on. And obviously, like Jackson and I, this is something that we've done a lot. We've both traveled a lot, and our lives are are much better for it and we're much we've got a much broader perspective so i feel like our sexuality and our expressiveness and all that has benefited from our travels and living in different places and connecting with different women as we kind of touched on a little bit earlier so you might have to make big changes in your life if it comes down to that so there's just like a bit of a strategic thought like are you putting yourself in the right place and it might be the design of your social life as well like what kind of job you have and and so on the last part is just losing interest. So I, you said, like, I find that I often lose interest in a girl just as we're starting to get to know each other. So sometimes, and we spoke about this in an interview with uh, Justin Lemiller, I think, and where we were talking about, like, some people get involved in relationships because they don't think when they're hooking up, all right? But there's also the opposite, which is true. So if you think, you can, like, figure out she's not right for you, and then you move on. So in some situations, that's good. You can hook up, but you don't want to get into a serious relationship with someone where you're just kind of physically attractive and it's kind of like hormones that are carrying you through it. But it also could be mindset here. And I've seen this with some guys where, as like Jackson said, you're being over-intellectual and you don't get, and because of this, you don't get physical very early in the relationship. So like maybe after a couple of dates or like you're still not physical. So you don't give yourself a chance to develop that aspect of the relationship and develop attraction. Because if you're not doing anything physically, I think attraction tends to wane anyway tends to die out, like on both sides, with the, with the man and the women. So you kind of have to let yourself go and take the chance and escalate physically, like kissing and, and so on, and let that aspect of your relationship develop. And then sometimes if you miss the boat, it will kind of wane. I think the reasons behind this, like why guys don't escalate physically and take things forward physically, fears of rejections, all the usual stuff, fears of losing the girl. If you've had painful relationships, breakups in, in the past, Maybe you're kind of scared of that and then you might be just telling yourself that you're not like going to kiss her because you're not sure about her and so on. But you didn't take the chance to see that compatibility. So it's something you have to keep an eye on. Uh, you should also be letting yourself get emotional, get immersed and not resisting that. So if you find yourself like resisting, letting go and resisting being emotional. And, you know, I was guilty of this. I think this is pretty common for some guys at some part of their life. I went for a period where I was less emotional, less immersed in relationships with women and so on. It wasn't beneficial to getting to know them or being attracted to them. You'll find that the more you let go, that you can actually develop attraction with a greater variety of women than you would have originally um, been interested in. You can like broaden your horizons. 
Okay, so again, just on that last note, I think something that could be a useful tool uh, for dis- developing uh, this part would be the orgasmic meditation from the last podcast uh, or a recent podcast episode, which was episode 80. That's a very useful tool for learning more, getting in more in touch with your intimacy, letting go, being able to communicate that with women because it's a big part of what they do there in the One Taste organization, orgasmic medita- meditation. So that'll be useful for you. The other really important thing in terms of letting go has been called the rate, like the rate character. And this was originally defined by Robert Greene, the best-selling author. He was on episode 47, and we talk about that we, um, in quite a bit of detail. This talks about how the greatest romances of the world were emotional connectors. They were very emotionally free, and they let their emotions out, which isn't like what we see a lot today in society in terms of the masculine image like being able to kind of unleash your emotions and your charisma on women. And we also talked about this in episode 51 with David Tien, emotional transparency, where we talk about mirror neurons and then kind of like more of the science behind that and how it works. But the reality is that mirror neurons, it means if we communicate our attraction to a woman, she's going to reflect it back and then ours will get stronger as well. So there's this aspect of like, if you're inhibited, that kind of spark doesn't start and it doesn't start bouncing backwards and forwards between you creating that attraction. If you don't show some kind of level of attraction to her, she doesn't like respond in the same way with her mirror neurons, right? So check out those two episodes. You'll find those really useful in learning to establish these kinds of emotional connections. The last point I just wanted to make is that for all of this self-awareness building it, a great tool is keeping a journal. This is something that everyone in the academy has to do because Every time you write something down, it, you, you see it a lot more closely, you see it a lot better. So it's like your daily diary, you write about your encounters with women, whatever comes to mind, how you reacted to them, what you noticed about yourself, your attraction to them, what you felt like maybe turned you off, right? If, the, if women are doing certain things that are turning you off, and then you can examine why that is, and if it's actually an issue with you or an issue with them. And this is the way to explore yourself. Journal, very, very important. I would say like the number one, two pieces of advice that we talked about today are getting your testosterone levels checked and that journal, doing that journal every day. And you'll really learn a lot about yourself that way. And I'm sure you'll be able to overcome this. Jackson, you got any last notes to add on this? The only last thing I would say is just don't be afraid to get in touch with your primal side, like your, your inner caveman, if you will. Like, I think that there's a reason sometimes that I guess we call them like dumb, dumb guys tend to do a bit better with women is the, the smarter guys, more intellectual guys, they, they think things too much. Um, I think often, you know, attraction, it's not happening on an intellectual level. It's on a very primal level. There's a reason, like it's a very base instinct. It's a base drive. It's one of the biggest motivating things that we have in our life. It's something that everyone feels. And if you look, you know, thousands of years ago, people were having sex like way before they were talking and and doing things intellectually. So it's something that that we all feel. I think if you just get in touch with it, it'll come out and it will grow. And this is something that I'll I'll do myself now is I'll just get in touch with that. So if I'm if I'm in a bar or a club talking to a woman, I'll often just sort of pick her up and grab her and, and spin her around or throw her over my shoulder or something. Obviously not just some random woman who I haven't spoken to. I mean there has to be a certain degree of attraction and comfort there first. So I don't know she's gonna be okay with it. But with women who you have back at your house, like just get physical with them, like pick them up, like be, be very masculine, be the man and, and let her embrace that feminine role. Let her be little and, and playful and let her feel your strength. But the more that you're thinking about this and in your head about it, the less likely you are to do it. And it was like Angel was saying before, being physical and like making a move, don't be afraid to do these things. 
you'll often be thinking, oh, should I, should I kiss her or shouldn't I kiss her? By the time you're thinking this, you should just have already gone and done it. Like just act from your instincts. If you want to kiss her and you're feeling that attraction, just lean in and kiss her. Just grab her. Like basically, I don't, th- I don't think girls will ever be turned off by it. They appreciate the fact that you're a man who's going for what he wants. They might not kiss you right there, but it will actually increase her attraction for you. And the more you start doing this, the better it will feel. You, you will feel like you're acting from your intentions and you will feel like you're on the right path. It will feel good. And the more they start being physical with women and, and kissing them and picking them up and being playful and touching them, you're like, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. This is what it should feel like. And you'll enjoy it and it will encourage you to do it more. And it will be like this cycle that, that feeds itself and you'll start doing these things more often, which will lead to better results, which will lead to more confidence, which will lead to doing these things again and again. So definitely that's something that you want to explore as well. Yeah, that was all great stuff. And just recently in another episode, uh, we spoke with Dave Pounder. Has a lot, he's got a lot of life experience. He's a porn director, a swinger, and so on, so on, so on. One of his recommendations is to watch the movie Closer, okay, with Jude Law and many other stars. Um, but basically, that's one of the best films I've seen also, which kind of shows you what this attraction can look like and how it involves like bold masculinity that Jackson was just talking about. And you know, I think that will give you some ideas. Like if you take bolder risks and act more as the masculine role, I think you'll feel more of that attraction as well, just naturally with women. So just to round off, thank you, Richard, for your question. Really appreciate it. Hope this was helpful. Feel free to email me. Let me know how that was. You got any more questions? Any of you other guys you want to get questions answered? It's very, very simple. There's a couple of ways to do it. You can call our US voicemail line and just leave your question there. So that's 323-747-5006. Or if perhaps you're outside of the US or maybe you're at work or in front of a computer and you want to do it online instead, you can go to datingskillsreview.com forward slash voicemail and you can just pop it in there with our little app there and it goes to the same place. And every Monday, Jackson and I process these and they'll go up shortly afterwards. So you'll get your answer shortly. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Talk to you soon. All right, good stuff. Take control of your dating life today. Take one idea or one insight from today's episode and apply it today. Don't wait, do it today. That's all it takes to change your life, step by step, episode by episode. Learn more about what I, Angel Donovan, and my team do at DatingSkillsReview.com. How we help men like you take control of their dating lives.